0: Hey, on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, I'm back, baby. And just in time to hop in and truck through the territories once again as we roll into Kansas City for Central States Wrestling from 1984. Oh, nice of you to show up. <laughs> we'll get into it. Then your promo about nothing and so much more. But first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast of About Nothing, episode 166, a production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars. Now, he is a contracted Ring of Honor wrestler. He is Mr. Inside Edition. He is one half of the bouncers. He is Brian brawler malonis good to talk to you
1: so have you woken up every day the last uh, couple of weeks looked at your wife and said uh i'm on an extended hiatus from the wrestling podcast about nothing <laughs> i have not but maybe i should have <laughs> you should have wow it's good to hear your voice
0: yeah it has definitely been a little while pal um I guess we should get into it. We um, <laughs> uh, had a lot of uh, issues here the past couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, it's your tale to tell, not mine. So <laughs> I've been here. I've, I've showed up for work, Mike.
0: <laughs> you did. You did a great job. And thanks to Mike Mills and Brian Fury for filling in uh, the past couple of weeks. Thanks very much. Even though Mike Mills just hammered me relentlessly
1: the, <laughs> My, the entire hour. Was, the best was Mike texting me. As you were texting him, editing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just beside yourself over the material.
0: My goodness. Wow. Uh, he's never coming back. All right. So, <laughs> no. Um, what happened was, uh, two weeks ago, we were recording episode 163. Well, it's going to be three weeks by the time this drops. Episode 163 of the wrestling podcast about nothing, And we did it on Sunday night because uh, I wanted to talk to you about uh, you were at the New England Fan Fest. And, uh, you know, you were doing that on Saturday. So I figured Sunday we'll talk and uh, put out a nice episode for Monday. And what happened was as we were sitting there recording this uh, fine episode, my wife was in the other room doubled over in extreme agonizing pain. I, I'm, not, I'm not laughing like laughing. I'm just it's it's unbelievable because you're sitting there, Brian, going on and on about how Mario fucking Mancini knows who the hell you are. <laughs> and my wife is just crying in the other room. Can't get you to shut up.
1: Oh, So you're, you're, you're putting this on me.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, come on on and on about, oh, my God. Paul Roma. Oh, he gave me his full endorsement to use the PowerPlex, even though we don't do it as well as he did. Blah 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 blah. Just going on and on about all these guys heaping praise on you. Mario Mancini, by the way, Mario Mancini. I'm sure went home and said, "Hey, do you know that Brian Malonis knows who I am?"
1: Hmm. <laughs> this is the this is the route you're going with this, huh? This is uh this is your angle. You've had you've had two weeks to. Uh, Think about coming back to this podcast. I held the fort down for two weeks, and this is, uh, this is the thanks I get.
0: My wife rolling around on the floor, trying not to like expire in the other room, and you just can't stop talking about how great it was to be in the same room, staring across the room at the four horsemen. You didn't approach them, by the way, and that would have been a better story, but just sitting there watching them from the corner.
1: So you're blaming uh your failures as a husband to be there for your wife in her time of need on me. Gotcha.
0: <laughs> really? No, though, I mean I, I'll, I'll
1: I'll take that burden on if you'd like.
0: Really though, I I felt so terrible after the fact that <laughs> You should. We're sitting, and not only the episode, you know, after the episode, we sit there and, you know, shoot the shit while you're uploading your audio. And she's hearing us still talking. So I think she's literally was still in the room, just doubled over in agony, waiting for us to stop the podcast so she can come out and say, Yeah, I need to go to the hospital. (laughs) Well, actually, she didn't even really want to go to the hospital, but, uh, I kind of insisted because she was just uh, not in a good way. And we went to the emergency room after the episode. That's why the episode didn't come out uh, Monday morning, uh, episode 163, because, you know, we recorded Sunday. I was going to edit it right after and put it right up. But uh, after the episode, I ended up taking my wife to the emergency room. And that's why the episode didn't go up till I think, Thursday that week. So, uh uh, it's It just it was unavoidable, and uh, I'm not going to really apologize for it, but uh, we went to the emergency room, and we found out that my wife uh, issues with her gallbladder. She had gallstones, and uh, something with the gallstone was stuck somewhere, and it was just uh, causing terrible pain. She ended up having surgery on Monday morning, so uh, she was in the hospital for a while, and well, actually just... Two days on that occasion, she was in the hospital for just two days, and she came home, and everything was fine. Uh, Still, though, I went to you and said, "Hey, maybe you can find someone else to record with." I think this week I'm just gonna, you know, take it easy. I obviously, once my wife had the surgery on Monday morning, she was unable to lift more than ten pounds, and my son is definitely more than ten pounds. So I was basically taking the reins in that regard and making sure that you know. Max is taken care of and uh, cared for. So uh, I was going to need some time. I was going to take some time off of work. So I just asked you, you know, maybe you can record the podcast. I'll still edit it, though. Uh, I'll still edit it and get it out on time. But if you could just record the podcast, find someone else to record with. And uh, that's the way we went about it. So Thursday, I think that week, you recorded uh, with Mike Mills the aforementioned uh, burial podcast of wrestling for the wrestling podcast about nothing. And I was ready. I was really sitting down on Friday, ready to edit that podcast Friday night when my wife, again, had the exact same pain. She had surgery, mind you, for this pain. And they removed her gallbladder completely. And Friday night, she had the exact same pain, the exact same spot. So it was back to the emergency room on Friday night, just, uh, you know, four days after she was out of the hospital uh, after the surgery. So she went back into the hospital and they really had no idea what was going on, these people. They thought maybe a gallstone escaped and was kind of floating around somewhere, but they couldn't find it on any pictures. They did an MRI. They did. Uh, uh, this CAT scan, uh, they couldn't find it, and uh, she was in the hospital like twice as long as she was when she had the surgery. She was in the hospital from Friday night until Wednesday evening. So she was there for quite a while and I was with Max. So I asked you to find someone else to record with uh, that episode. Uh, So uh, the episode with Mike Mills, of course, got pushed back because I was in the hospital uh, with my wife. And so that one got released a day late. So we're getting back on track here. But my wife, Came home on Wednesday. She's feeling a lot better now. She's able to move around pretty much with ease. She feels like she's back to normal, uh, and let's hope it remains that way. But uh, it was quite a couple of weeks there for for your boy and uh, my family. So I'm happy to be back here on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. But uh, yeah, took quite a little toll on me. Well, I mean, my wife more than me, but took quite a little toll on our family, I should say.
1: You know, I, I had... My gallbladder out too, Mike. And I can't help but think about the things that me and uh, your wife have in common, and that's you. So, oh, maybe you're the uh, yeah, maybe you're the culprit in this
0: all the fatty foods, huh?
1: We ate a we ate a bunch well, of fatty
0: foods when we were well, uh, hanging out a lot.
1: <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> well, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear the missus is, is on the mend, buddy. I, I like her a whole hell of a lot more than I like you, so uh, happy to hear that she is on the mend. Uh, much better human being than the man she married, so all the best to her, and uh, nobody should have to be married to you and endure all that. Oh, Brian, uh, well, let me just check <laughs>
0: Let me just take a look down the hall. It seems like I think she's okay. All right.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll try to not be entertaining on this podcast. Uh, so uh, so you Let's know, buzz you through this thing, on, Kingpin.
0: Let's buzz through this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure that nothing's going wrong in the other room. Uh, but before we get into what we watched this week, Kingpin, by the time people are hearing this, we're recording on Thursday night, and by the time people are hearing this on Monday, you will be a four-time chaotic wrestling champion. Is that correct? Of course. That's what I'm hearing. Late edition.
1: Let me see. Let me see. Let me see the booking sheet up. I can tell you for sure. (laughs) (laughs) You want me to do this live right here? No
0: spoilers.
1: It's not really spoilers. I mean, it's already happened. No, the booking (laughs) sheet. The booking sheet's not up yet. I'm sorry. I would have uh, been more than happy to more than happy to tell you uh, what the result of the match is.
0: uh, I could probably tell you right now, Brian. (laughs)
1: <laughs> what? What? You mean the guy who uh, is replacing <laughs> as a last-minute replacement? Uh, the guy who's the actual number one contender? He's not going to be the guy who wins the belt. That's that's unheard of, Michael.
0: A lot of last-minute replacements have ended up winning, like Ultimate Warrior, last-minute replacement for Brutus Beefcake against uh, Hockey Talk Man at SummerSlam '88. You got uh, Kerry Von Eric, last-minute replacement for. Bruce the cake against Mr. Perfect for the Intercontinental title. I think that was a SummerSlam as well.
1: Considering, considering uh, my schedule allows me to be on about one out of every five Chaotic Wrestling shows, I don't think they're going to make me the Chaotic Wrestling champion, Mike. Just a hunch.
0: They're not going to Brock Lesnar this thing?
1: <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, spoiler Well, it's not really good. Not really a spoiler. This already happened. I'm sure by the time you read this, the result will have been Christian Casanova pins Brian Malonez. So... <laughs>
0: Something else that happened uh, by the time people are hearing this is your return to the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, the former ECW Arena, net negative on the business. You're part of another big six man tag match. We talked about the six man tag match you had against the Bullet Club slash Elite, I mean, um, probably a year ago at this point, but another big six man tag in Philadelphia this time.
1: Yeah, Philly's been good to us apparently, but uh, yeah. you know, just a six-man tag with a bunch of top guys, you know, that's all it is. What's the big deal, Mike? Just the kingdom with the world champion Matt Taven against uh some guy named Jay Lethal, you know, the uh, you know, the franchise uh, of Ring of Honor, the the multi-time world champion uh and the bouncers. Just a bunch of top guys. Mike, what's the big deal? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't feel like a one of these things is not like the other (laughs) what
1: do you what do you mean well you know well i mean matt Taven's the only champion in the match i guess so i mean you know i guess that makes sense you know he has the belt but no i think i think just a bunch of top guys are gonna go out and have a a great match in in a historic wrestling building
0: seriously though you've talked about how you wanted to be in the ring with jay lethal i mean you wanted to be against him but how's it gonna feel to be in the ring with him on your team in philadelphia uh you know as people are listening to this it happened on saturday
1: well it ha- hasn't aired on tv yet so uh you know we don't do we do we do spoiler free anyways when it comes to ring of honor but yeah no i'm, I'm obviously really excited um For a number of reasons, I mean, um, I mean, obviously, I've I've been friends with Matt Taven for a long time. So to be able to uh, be in a match with him on the other side, you know, um, while he's the Ring of Honor World Champion, that's that's pretty um, that's pretty exciting. And the last time I was in a six man tag against Matt Taven in a Ring of Honor ring, it was a dark match in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Believe it or not, so how how times have changed quite a bit we were both a couple of uh jabronis looking for a job that night and uh now we arrive at uh same place at the same time finally in a ring of honor ring and then um i mean obviously it feels like a big vote of confidence for us to be teamed up with jay lethal who i mean literally is the franchise uh he's the you know he's the man there and um yeah it feels good to be in that match man I, i gotta tell you it's uh um I, I you know we choked about it a bunch the you know the rise of the bouncers and all that good stuff and but it but man it feels like it's uh you know it really feels like we got a lot of momentum now and um uh, just super excited to be in the positions and be in the matches that uh that we're in and, and it's really exciting
0: now are you angling for your second 2300 arena main event you think that's gonna happen
1: i think it's a possibility i don't know i don't know with any certainty but uh I certainly think it's uh in the realm of possibility that uh yeah that we that we probably or that we may have closed out the night on Saturday night. Old
0: hat at this point, Kingpin, old hat.
1: Well I'm kind of a big deal, Mike. I'm kind of a big deal. You're the only one that seems to think not. Well uh Okay. <laughs> Are you gonna come on July twenty first? I mean is there gonna be a bevy of excuses. Uh Sunday? Yes. It's Sunday, a Sunday, july
0: twenty first. Uh, oh, that's the day of uh, my son's birthday party. I guess it's starting at 7 pm. Um, <laughs>
1: this is this is unbelievable.
0: Maybe, maybe by the time the the show comes around maybe he'll be what's his to actual bed. birthday? 19th.
1: Why are you having it on Sunday then? Jesus this is malicious. this is on purpose. this is done with intent. Uh, so you can go out of your way not to support me once again. Thank you for nothing, Michael Crockett.
0: Uh, that's not confirmed that I won't be there yet.
1: It, it, it's confirmed. <laughs> let's let's stop with the silly charades.
0: <laughs> Got to give Mike Mills more material. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, is it material if it's true?
0: Well, <laughs> all right, I'm going to surprise people. I'm going to surprise people.
1: Me one iota. You have not supported me one iota in my ring of honor career you've just tried to uh use uh you know my success to to better your position in the world of podcasting that's about it
0: and where's that getting us kingpin
1: well if you'd show up for work <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right speaking about showing up for work let's get into this really quick it's breaking news today but by the time people are hearing this it's been a few days uh Paul Heyman, assigned as the executive director of Monday Night Raw, and Eric Bischoff, assigned executive director of SmackDown. Sounds like an angle, but it is true. It is real life. Uh, This is happening, and uh, I don't know when exactly it's happening. I I did see something that it's going to be a slow burn kind of to work these guys into those positions, but definitely by the time SmackDown is on Fox. Eric Bischoff will be in charge of that program. And uh, Paul Heyman has been contributing in, in certain ways to WWE and Raw, but he is uh, taking the helm. And they will report directly to Vince McMahon, I'm told. What,
1: what do you think about this, Kingpin? What a what a freaking wild time in wrestling, huh? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, you know, I saw that and I thought immediately, I thought like, oh, they're, they're authority figures on the shows. That's immediately what I thought. And then mm-hmm. read it a little further, like, oh, no, this is like, this is like real, real. This is, this is not just the. I mean, you got to figure. I mean, Paul Heyman's still going to be on camera, and you got to figure if they're bringing Bischoff in. He's going to be on camera at some point, I would, yeah. Uh, I would assume, but yeah, he's uh, too good. Yeah. I, it just, I mean, hey, you know what? I think it's, uh, I think there's competition. I think there's competition all over the place. I think, um, everybody's trying to make big moves including the big dogs the the you know, wwe so um i i think it's really freaking interesting and uh, i mean in 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 all honesty I, i've been surprised and i don't know if it's a personal choice by eric bischoff or or what but i'm, I'm kind of shocked that he's been out of the wrestling business uh from like the this sort of standpoint for so long to be honest with you um you know i, I mean a lot's been written and said about the guy but uh I mean, he did. He did have a ton of success, and yeah, I, 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 I think it's a great thing. I think it just, I think it's such a freaking wild time in wrestling right now. Like it's just, uh, you know, it's, I guess maybe trying to recapture some of the magic of the old days. But I mean, I think both these guys know what they're doing, much, much more than I do. So, yeah, I mean,
0: Bischoff was with TNA for a while. Um, I don't think they really, he really moved the needle that much. With TNA, but um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's a good thing that WWE is recognizing that something is broken, so they are making big moves to hopefully correct that, and that's that's a good thing to see. That's a good sign that uh, they know that they have to do something because, I mean, they're losing viewers. Their uh, the house show numbers are down. Lots of numbers are down, but, I mean, wrestling as a whole seems healthy, especially, you know, Uh, from the indies on up but uh i I really i like the move just because it's a sign that these guys know that uh there could be trouble if they don't make a change and it is a big move and i'm really looking forward to seeing what comes of it
1: yeah it's it's an exciting time in wrestling man and uh um yeah, I think I think it's I think it's I, th- I thought it was I was blown away when I saw that it was actually not so I wasn't so much blown away by when I first saw it. I was like oh wow that's cool like figuring again that they're just coming back to be TV characters and then when I realized it was like real I was like holy smokes that's a uh, that's a pretty big deal but uh, yeah man it's 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 wild out there Mike you you ready to jump back in
0: <laughs> not quite yet not quite yet <laughs> um, and what else is wild Brian is your website brian Malonis.com, isn't it
1: yeah a couple new t-shirts as promised are up there uh the brawler malonis uh, logo t-shirt the beer 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 more beer t-shirt how about that did you see that one mike what'd you think of that one
0: i did see that one it made me thirsty
1: <laughs> do you know whose idea that t-shirt was
0: uh i i heard you say that it was someone's idea. did you Did you reveal who his idea was?
1: I did. It was Todd Fatpants Sinclair's idea that
0: Ah, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) He's definitely not thirsty.
1: (laughs) Not for beer. Uh, No. He's he's probably very tired.
0: (laughs) That that is true.
1: And and very busy.
0: Of course. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, you can check out all the uh, great T-shirts over there on BrianMalonis.com. And our website, Brian, the website of the podcast is the WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com. And you can find over there all the ways to subscribe to the Wrestling Podcast about nothing, all the various podcast platforms, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, any place you can get a podcast, you can get the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Plus, there are the links to our social media. We are basically at the WPAN on all social media platforms. So make sure to follow us and uh, enjoy our social media shenanigans i guess
1: yeah please we're do. trying
0: to get more shenanigans going brian
1: yeah i see your your tmz bit <laughs> i'm doing a little
0: tmz bit
1: <laughs> i enjoy it. it it makes me laugh every time
0: <laughs> and we talked about before brian how our old bosses at bda radio they used to have a website bda bdaradio.com and once that site closed down they redirected their website to go to the WPAN.com and BDA radio was a site uh, about mixed martial arts and pro wrestling. And they had a lot of scantily clad ladies on there from the MMA world. So a lot of uh, fellas, I get ladies too, I guess like to search for these MMA photos and they get these links to bdaradio.com and they click and it sends them to our website instead.
1: Perfect.
0: So that's no fun for them, but I got some more search terms. On the back end of the website, the WPAN.com, the search terms that lead people to our website, the WPAN.com, and let's check out a few of these here. We have Holly Holm Yoga Pants.
1: Why not why not why not Brian Malone's yoga pants?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon, I guess. Mm. Uh we have Granny Pole Tide. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Granny pole P O L E Tide T I E D. I do not want to know what that person was looking for.
1: Nope. No, 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 no. Keep on moving, <laughs> please. My goodness gracious.
0: Uh Katya Elise Henry underwear.
1: Like her inner underwear, you think? Or just like a picture of her underwear?
0: Either or, I would guess. And Brian, Paige Van Zant, camel toe. All those people searching for that kind of stuff ended up on our website looking at two uh, fat guys talking about pro wrestling. I'm sure they were very excited <laughs> to find our website when they're looking for camel toe.
1: <laughs> Did Fury send you over those nudes yet?
0: He did not. He did not. I, I've been looking for them. but. I bet uh, you
1: have. <laughs> <laughs> well, to go along with the ones you probably already have.
0: <laughs> Anxiously anticipating the arrival of those. But you can find our nudes somewhere on the WPAN.com. Make sure to go to that website and search vigorously. And then you'll do something else vigorously once you find them. Right, Brian?
1: <laughs> Certainly. Of course.
0: <laughs> All right, Brian. Finally, we're getting to... Trucking through the territories, we've been going all around the country. We're hopping in the old van or truck, I guess, and going all around the country, checking out old school territorial wrestling TV shows once a month, the first Monday of every month. And we've been all over the place. We started a at our home base in the New York area for WWWF who we went to Canada. Last time it was Indianapolis for the WWA the Dick the Bruiser territory. This time Brian we are going to Central States Wrestling in 1984 and this is uh, covering Kansas City, covering St. Louis you know Missouri, Kansas that whole region of the uh, country right there in the middle and Sam Mushnick was the promoter for a long time in St. Louis. He did Wrestling of the Chase for almost 25 years, and he sold his territory to Bob Geigel, Pat O'Connor, and Harley Race. That's what ended up being Central States Wrestling. Strangely enough, Mushnick's right-hand man, Larry Matisic ended up starting a rival promotion shortly thereafter. He revived Wrestling of the Chase, and they kind of went against Central States Wrestling for a little while, but eventually, Wrestling of the Chase sold to the WWF. But Bob Geigel is promoting this uh, Central States Wrestling as we are talking here about 1984. He promoted in Kansas City for almost 30 years, and he ended up selling to Jim Crockett, and it kind of got absorbed into Jim Crockett promotions a little later on. Central States was recognized by the National Wrestling Alliance in 19 Forty-eight, and the television program of Central States was called All-Star Wrestling, which seems like most of them we've watched <laughs> are All-Star Wrestling, right?
1: It sure, it sure does. Uh, sure that, the, uh, the, the, the terms, and they say it on this too, All-Star Wrestling, the major leagues of professional wrestling, um, I, I guess I never realized how uh, reused all these terms were.
0: Yeah, the benefits of not having an internet around to really check on these kind of things everyone just kind of copied each other
1: yeah i mean because mean think about it, that was the name of the uh one of the WWF's programs right all-star wrestling yes it was so i mean yeah it's all-star wrestling everywhere baby
0: it is uh, so. We're going to this episode of Central States All Star Wrestling from January twenty eighth, nineteen eighty four. It is on YouTube. We have the link in the description of this episode, January twenty eighth of nineteen eighty four.
1: How old you? How how old of a child were you at this point, Michael?
0: Uh, nine years old.
1: Wow, I was I was n- two. I had just turned two in November of eighty three.
0: And you had no idea Central States existed. And, uh,
1: <laughs> I had no idea. I probably didn't even know what wrestling was. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. I was fucking adorable. All
0: right? <laughs> you got that going for you.
1: You've seen childhood pictures of me. I I was a cute kid.
0: I saw a picture of your son. Just take a picture of your son. That's you <laughs> as a kid. He's,
1: yeah, he's a good kid. He's a good-looking kid.
0: Is he getting a uh, red Hulkamania sweatshirt soon?
1: <laughs> he needs one, huh?
0: He does, if he wants to match the young pictures of uh, Brian Malonez I've seen.
1: <laughs> Indeed. And you know, he has the yellow one right now. So
0: Okay, good. Uh, so the open of All-Star Wrestling, very 70s, like uh, tends to be with a lot of these things we've seen. And the music kind of sounds like, do you ever see the show Solid Gold?
1: Nope. Can't say that I have.
0: <laughs> what well, was on around this time? And uh, Solid Gold was like a variety show that was on Saturday night. I used to get together with the family, eat a little pizza, and watch Solid Gold on Saturday night. That was uh, what I was doing.
1: It was lit, huh? As the kids say,
0: <laughs> I guess so. Well, that that's what the uh, music sounded like. And they have this strange thing in the open where they have silhouetted wrestlers, kind of doing holds like across the screen. It looks a little weird to me. How it look to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, it looked like 1984 to me.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> very, very, very 1984.
0: So we go to our announcers, Rick Stewart and Kevin Wall, who really aren't identified the entire show. I'm I'm thankful for the description on YouTube to get their names. But uh, Rick Stewart, a a thin looking Poindexter type who kind of knows everything, and Kevin Wall looks like Keith Hernandez with a weight problem.
1: (laughs) Okay. I bet you most of our listeners don't even know who Keith Hernandez is, but uh, I'll tell you what, though, Mike. I despise Keith Hernandez.
0: (laughs) I'm not driving to the airport. (laughs) He kind of looks like Keith Hernandez now, Kevin Wall. (laughs) All right. With darker hair, though. Um, So. So, we hear from Stuart and Kevin Wall that we're going to see Mark Youngblood, uh, formerly Mark Romero, teaming with Jay Youngblood in tag team action. And that's kind of funny because they are past promo about nothing people. Uh, The Youngbloods were a part of Tribal Nation in the Global Wrestling Federation about eight years later. And they were a promo about nothing uh, quite a while back. But we'll see those guys in action. I have
1: no recollection.
0: Uh, well, that's why I'm here, Kingpin. Plus, we have King Kong Brody, and uh, Bruiser Brody was named such kind of in this region because he had Dick the Bruiser, as we talked about last time in Indianapolis. So in the middle of the country, they like to call him uh, King Kong Brody just to avoid confusion, and King Kong Brody taking on Kamala, the Ugandan giant, Brian. They really <laughs> they really whited up <laughs> the, the nickname of Kamala here.
1: He is from Uganda.
0: <laughs> he certainly is.
1: The nation of Uganda. <laughs> yes. So
0: we will see that match a little bit later on and much, much more.
1: Hey, hey, Mike. Yes. Do you think Uganda is somewhere near deepest, darkest Africa?
0: Uh, in the same facility, I would say.
1: Yeah. Uganda and uh, <laughs> deepest, darkest Africa. Neighboring countries.
0: I would, I would think so. Um, so we go to the ring, Brian. And first of all, they introduce the referee. They say he is from St. Joseph, Missouri. It is Sonny Myers.
1: Sonny Myers.
0: And uh, another dated reference, Brian, I say he looks a little bit like George Papadopoulos from Webster. Do you remember that show?
1: I do. My, my Little Baklava, right?
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, I know Peter Winston will appreciate that one as well. But, uh, yeah, it's a, a, a tall gentleman with a mustache, and he is wearing stripes, and he is wearing... Sky blue bell-bottoms, the entire show.
1: Yeah, those are those blue jeans, those, is that denim he's wearing there?
0: I don't know, but it's uh, very, very blue and very bell-bottomy.
1: And the, a better question, is Is this where Todd Fapen Sinclair uh, was inspired by his early ref gear?
0: No, he was wearing... Uh... Well, jean shorts. Oh, that is true.
1: Yeah, so he was inspired by uh, Sonny here with his denim uh, pants while he refed
0: we check in with Fat Pants on that. So the opening match, Brian, is Tommy Rogers versus T.G. Stone. And this Tommy Rogers is not fantastic.
1: <laughs> is it the same guy? I assumed it was the same fella. Just it, is and- it is not. It is not. That's what
0: I mean okay. by he is not fantastic. It is not that Tommy Rogers. His real name is Tommy Lane. For some reason, he goes by Tommy Rogers here in Central States.
1: What do you want to bet Roger is his middle name?
0: Oh, probably yeah that that's a standard for guys that want to use something else other than their real last name brian christopher brian christopher lawler and i'm sure there are many more instances of that as well so tommy rogers is the baby face and tg stone is the heel and this is kind of shocking in the year 1984 brian the amount of tattoos on T.G. Stone. I mean, the only person more shocked than me were the announcers who went on and on about it.
1: It's funny. I have the same exact kind of notes. But, yeah, he is covered in tattoos. T.G. Stone would fit in quite well in the year 2019, where I feel like I'm about the only pro wrestler that doesn't have any tattoos these days.
0: Yeah, he'd be, like, right in there in NXT. They have to change his name to uh, Thaddeus Martin or something like that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but like literally, he has sleeves of tattoos, and he even has like the, the rock thing where like the tattoo goes onto the peck, too. And they actually even mentioned later on in the match that the tattoos are reminiscent of Peter Maivia, the rock's grandfather, the uh, you know the Samoan tattoos. So I, I mean, TG Stone obviously not Samoan by the looks of him, but he has these he yeah, these really like like literal sleeves of tattoos on his body.
1: Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Like later on in the match, they are just like so taken aback by it, too. I mean, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here, but like, yeah, they, these announcers just cannot believe their eyes with all the tattoos.
0: Yeah, so this matchup here uh, begins with uh, Tommy Rogers on top uh, working a hammer lock for quite a while until uh, Mr. Stone makes the ropes. They start talking about this event coming to uh, the Kemper Arena, the Kemper in March, and they also mention the Rock and Roll Express are coming soon. Rick Morton, Brian, and Reuben Gibson.
1: <laughs> I love Reuben Gibson.
0: Ruben, Ruben is coming. Rick and Ruben.
1: Oh, is that what Robert's name was before his eye went crooked?
0: Oh, Brian. <laughs> As we'll see later on, but I don't think he. I think he was born that way.
1: Um, <laughs> That's but, terrible. I really shouldn't have made that joke. I'm sorry.
0: But uh, Ruben, Ruben Gibson—that uh, is his real name. Robert Gibson's real name. I guess they decided uh, after a while. Robert's a little more uh, all-American, I guess perhaps. So Apparently. it was uh, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson from there, but they are Rick and Ruben here as they're talking about the rock and roll express coming soon to St. Louis. So after the hammer lock and TG makes the ropes, they restart and go for a lockup. And Brian, we both know you don't do that. Don't restart the match again. Go for a lockup in the middle. And Rogers makes him pay for it with a kick to the gut. And then another strange occurrence, Brian, Telly Blanchard makes a cameo at ringside.
1: <laughs> so random. Like, I, I couldn't figure it. I, you know, he just comes, gives, uh, gives T.G. Stone, like, some instruction, which obviously makes an impact because T.G. Stone takes control of the match and turns it up a notch for a moment, and then Tully Blanchard's just
0: gone. Yeah, literally a cameo. Like, literally 10 seconds he was down there. I don't know if he was...
1: You couldn't even tell it was Tully Blanchard either. It was just, like, the back of his head.
0: No, yeah, thank god for the announcers, but maybe they're giving them time or something. I don't know what what he was doing, but it never paid off. In this episode at least he came down, said something and left.
1: Yeah, that was uh that's about it.
0: <laughs> so Tommy Rogers comes back with a big body slam, which I think was the first bump of the whole match, and Ref Sunny Myers went to the Lubick school of professional wrestling referees, the way he goes down for a count. Uh, Bronco Lubitsch, uh, fans of world-class championship wrestling will remember him, how he would go down on one knee and sometimes would go down on both knees if it's a, a big false finish, But uh, and very lightly taps the mat, and we see that uh, quite a number of times through the night here with Sonny Myers, who is the only referee we see on this show.
1: You know, I, 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 I only sort of half noticed that, And it was like, wait, is is, because I didn't really pay attention to his face, I guess. Uh, uh, And I was just like, wait, do all the refs wear jeans? And then I sort of realized, oh, no, it's just the same guy over and over again.
0: Yeah, and uh, that must be his gimmick, because later in the night, we go to a match from a different arena, and he's still wearing the blue pants. I guess that must be his thing.
1: (laughs) What a hallmark.
0: What a hallmark! So uh, Rogers makes the big comeback, but he charges into the corner and runs into T.G. Stone's knee, and Stone hits a gourd buster, which uh, the announcers are flabbergasted by. Don't know what to call it. It's a 1984. A gourd buster, probably uh, you know something you don't see every day. That's the suplex where you go up and come back down face first, and T.G. with an arrogant cover, counting along with Old Man Myers: one, two, three. T.G. Stone gets the Duke over Tommy Rogers. What do you think about this matchup?
1: I thought it mean pretty basic, but it was good. It was the action was good and crisp, and uh, already we're off to a good start here. I think with with this program, uh, especially when you think about some of the other ones that we've that we've seen, there's two pretty good professional wrestlers having a again very basic professional wrestling match, but it was good. It was entertaining. I, I enjoyed the match.
0: So from there, Brian, we go to tag team action. As Jay and Mark Youngblood, the Native Americans uh, referred here in 1984 as Indians versus Paul Kelly and Billy Howard of the Two First Names Club. (laughs) Paul Kelly, Billy Howard. They say that Mark Romero, Mark Youngblood changed his name recently. Jay took his mother's maiden name, Youngblood, and Mark took his father, Ricky Romero's name. So when they started teaming... They just decided to both go by Youngblood. So that's the explanation for that. They mentioned yeah,
1: what, they a, what a what a long and drawn out explanation for like a character change, which I'm completely shocked that in 1984 that they even acknowledged a character change for someone.
0: That's because you're so used to the WWF where they just kind of yeah they don't even mention it and expect the fans not to really know.
1: <laughs> Mox.
0: So, uh, Jay Youngblood, they mentioned, is a former world tag team champion with Rick Steamboat, who is coming soon also to St. Louis. St. Louis was uh, hopping, as we'll talk about later on. They talk about uh, the matches coming to the area. This is a hell of a territory
1: yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. I mean, you think of some of the names that were on the show, and then some of the names that were that they kept talking about, either coming up soon or on future events. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Like, this is um, not getting ahead of ourselves here, but this is this is a step up from some of the stuff we've seen for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're getting spoiled here after we were up in Canada watching who the hell knows. I don't remember their names anymore, but Jesus Christ. So the Youngbloods are baby faces here, and lots of tag team continuity early on. Uh, really good looking young baby face tag team. Lots of good stuff here until the big cutoff, Brian, which was a thumb to the eye from Paul Kelly on Mark Youngblood.
1: You, you know, the one thing in the first match and this match that I, that I, and I'm sure you, uh, you know, I'm sure being an official, being uh being very proud of being an official that, that you will appreciate. Mm. All the heels actually cheated behind the ref's back for the most part. Like they at least attempted to even punches, make sure the ref didn't see it. Did you did you notice that throughout the throughout the program, Mike?
0: Definitely, and this match especially, there's great heel work where uh, they kind of lured Jay over when you know the the heels have taken over. They're working over Mark Youngblood, and they lure Jay over. The referee has to get him back, so they double team him on, on the in the corner while that is happening. So yeah, it was uh, very well done the entire the entire night over, and uh, finally Jay Youngblood gets the hot tag House of Fire. Indian dance, as they call it, and it's very brief, and he gets clobbered coming off the ropes by Howard, I believe, on the apron. And then a big atomic drop, but as he goes up for the atomic drop, Jay tags Mark back in, who's had about 20 seconds to rest, so I'm sure he's fine now, right? Of course. And uh, Mark goes for the big O'Connor roll, and you know it's the finish because Old Man Myers actually goes down and hits the mat with authority. One, two, three. (laughs) And the young Bloods get the win here in this tag team match, and really, really solid stuff here, brian,
1: yeah, i, I again, i I enjoyed it. It was a really good match. and uh, great stuff. i i I really enjoyed it. I love the finish out of nowhere. Crowd was into it, obviously. Uh, I will say one thing one note I made that I want to get in here is. Uh, How much does Billy Howard there just look like someone's dad? It looks like it looks like you know this fella brought his kid to see the the wrestling show and they needed somebody and he was kind of tall and they said hey here's a pair of trunks and boots not that he wrestled like that but he just looked like a father.
0: He's either going to play on the softball team or he's going to go and do the wrestling, right? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. The wrestling. I love it. <laughs>
0: Doing the wrestling. So we go to Rigside where Rick Stewart and Kevin Wall are there, and they're pitching to a video, and have you ever seen the movie The Ring, Brian?
1: Mm, I have not.
0: It, it's a movie about uh, a videotape, like an old-school VHS tape that uh, that has something about it where people uh, It's ri- it- I don't even know how to describe the movie. I saw it once. And basically, if you know me, if I saw the movie once, I've never seen it. But uh, something happens to the tape here as they are throwing to this match, this next match. And it slows down. I'll I'll play a second of it here. On that tremendous card at Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Kamala, the U.K. Bruiser Brody. And that just, like, uh, uh, frightened me. I'll say it that way. (laughs)
1: okay (laughs) you all right you're gonna you're gonna be able to recover
0: uh i'm gonna be okay brian but uh just uh sent a little jolt through me but uh anyway they are throwing it to the match between kamala the ugandan giant and king kong bruiser brody as they're now calling him so we go to this uh match in a different arena and the referee sonny myers wearing the same pants the fans are literally against the ring, kind of like Beyond Wrestling is in 2019. The fans literally standing there with their hands on the mat as this match is happening.
1: Yeah, and, and, and you kind of notice that, which is very, very unusual. And there's actually uh, something we'll talk about later on in another match, which, again, very similar sort of situation.
0: And we have Kamala in the ring with Friday. And as we talked about before, why not Kim Chi Brian?
1: Because it's not the the racist WWF. (laughs)
0: Thank you. So Kamala is in the ring awaiting Bruiser Brody. And literally just uh, minutes go by as we're waiting on the arrival of Bruiser Brody, who we're told will be accompanied by Colonel Buck Robley. And finally, Bruiser Brody enters from the opposite side of the ring as Kamala is looking towards the curtain and attacks Kamala from behind. Road, they were told, takes out Friday on the floor, but the uh, the lighting is just over the ring. We can't really see anything happening on the floor, which will come into play a little later, I think. Here, and uh, Kamala with judo chops, as called by the uh, announcer, and these judo chops, Brian, can split a man's skull.
1: <laughs> the- <laughs> not his head his skull
0: yes michael cole's ears definitely perked up on that one
1: (laughs) maybe maybe where's michael cole from maybe this is where he got his inspiration
0: (laughs) it could be it could be so we're told this match is no disqualification So uh, it's going to be a barn burner brawl all over the place, and uh, they certainly deliver in that regard. So they're brawling back and forth, and then we have, like, a hell of a jump cut. I don't know if this was a commercial break or what, but on what we're watching here on YouTube, a hell of a jump It just – cuts the announcer off in the middle of a sentence and then we're coming back and they're coming back into the ring from the floor so i don't know what the hell happened but uh all of a sudden they're on the floor and getting back in the ring i thought maybe it's just because all we have is a hard camera here we don't have a floor camera so maybe you couldn't see anything anyway so they just decided to cut it out or maybe it is a commercial i'm not quite sure but uh a little jarring there
1: you know, it's funny. Uh, two times we've seen this sort of like camera work for a Kamala match, ironically enough.
0: Um, yeah, Kamala versus Andre the Giant. We saw a couple <laughs> yeah. months back.
1: Yeah, it was like it was like a, like a fan, almost like a fan cam type situation or or something. Um, I mean, uh, maybe they didn't realize they were going to use this for TV, or maybe they wanted it, wanted this certain look you know, for this segment, but uh, I, I, was, I was really surprised how much of this match we got. It didn't, when they were setting it up, it didn't sound like we were getting like almost like a full match.
0: Yeah, I mean, they they went a while. It, they, they, it was announced as a 10-minute match, but I think, you know, we lost some in the, the jump cut here. There's another jump cut coming up we'll talk about, but uh Kamala is busted open as they get back into the ring, so I guess Bruiser Brody split his skull.
1: <laughs> I, I think there was a mutual splitting of the skulls here.
0: There was yeah a lot of blood coming up here. So Friday at one point is on the apron and Buck Robley kind of takes him off the apron, and then Kamala tosses King Kong Bundy over the top rope. Robley and Friday fighting on the floor. Brody and Kamala doing the same. Now uh, they end up getting back in the ring. Suddenly we're told Brody is bleeding now. We don't really know how because the lighting on the floor is such that we didn't really see what was going on. But suddenly now Bruiser Brody is bleeding. Kamala hits a big. Slash, no pin, and then uh, Friday's back on the apron again. Uh, Robley's back up there now to Kamala. Beals Buck Robley into the ring, and Robley comes back and jumps on Kamala's back, and then a big jump cut again. So we don't really know what happens there. They come back from the jump cut, and Robley was apparently just hitting the forehead with something, we're told, by Friday, and now he's bleeding. So three-way juice here, Brian
1: blood everywhere
0: and maybe friday's bleeding too we just can't see he's wearing
1: the mask it could it could be my god the wouldn't it uh the mask is white wouldn't the blood be coming through the mask
0: i suppose so <laughs> it depends on the thickness i guess i guess <laughs> so an innovative chair shot here brian as king kong brody picks up a row of three steel chairs that are kind of linked together and <laughs> picks it up over his head and nails friday with them
1: this, this, I mean, for 1984, this is pretty, pretty wild stuff. Like, I can't imagine, especially like think of like the Midwest in like 1984. Like, this has just got to be some, some crazy shit. These people are like. You know, I mean, the crowd's going wild for it. The crowd is going absolutely wild for it. But when you think about some of the other territories that we've seen, and some of the other things that we've seen, and some of the things that we've known have happened, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think stuff like this was happening in, like, you know, in the mid South or in the WWF or you know, or, or, or in Florida Championship Wrestling or any of these places.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have to admit I haven't seen a ton of Bruiser Brody, but uh, this is this is a, a really realistic just uh, brawl, and like you said, the crowd is completely rabid for it. Uh, so now we have Brody and Kamala back on the floor again. Robley is in the ring, laying in punches on Friday on the mat, and suddenly the bell rings. We are told it is a countout, so it was no disqualification, but not no countout, apparently. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, Double count out here, finish.
1: Come on, bullshit. I was, just, I was actually I get a little hot about this watching it, <laughs> which I think is probably the intended reaction.
0: <laughs> right, because we did hear, uh, come into this match, that they're doing a rematch. I believe a steel cage is involved. 18 foot, so bigger than the 15 foot cage, they're doing an 18 foot cage for the rematch for this one.
1: Yeah, I'm. You know, you know, I'm really pissed. There's probably no footage of this cage match, and I absolutely want to see this. They did a wonderful job of building up this match because I want to see it now, and there's probably no existing footage of it.
0: <laughs> and that's amazing considering what we said about the Kamala versus Andre the Giant match. Uh, definitely. Wasn't something you wanted to see more of. <laughs>
1: no, no, but this was—I mean, this was something. This was really—I mean, if you're trying to sell tickets both uh, to a live audience and then also to uh, you know a television audience, like I, hey, I think uh, a plus, uh, great, really great stuff.
0: Yeah, speaking of selling tickets, it's promo time, Brian. We go backstage with Rick. And he has a couple of people with him. But before he gets to that, he runs down the card coming to the Keel Auditorium, Brian. It is Barry Windham challenging Ric Flair for the NWA World Heavyweight title. You got Harley Race defending the Missouri title against Wahoo McDaniel. You got Dusty Rhodes on the card, Dick Slater, and Crusher Blackwell and Ken Patera teaming up against Ron Ritchie and Colonel Buck Robley, who are here with Rick Stewart talking about the match. And Robley looks a little bit like Steve. Kern as Skinner.
1: <laughs> I was thinking like Bunkhouse Buck, but you know.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll take that too. But uh, Robley basically takes the entire promo, kind of says that he knows how to fight fire with fire, and he's going to teach Ron Ritchie the way to do it. Ron nods and smiles. At one point, he claps, but... Not a word out of this guy.
1: Ron Ron Richie, as we'll see later, is is a very classic white meat baby face.
0: (laughs) Yes. And at the end of this promo, the announcer runs down the card once again. And as he's closing out, Ron Richie throws up his hand in an amazing wave as they go to black. (laughs) That is the greatest contribution of this promo
1: by Ron Richie. Thank God for that.
0: So now we go back to the ring, Brian, and it is Dusty Wolf versus Crazy Luke Graham. Dusty Wolf, a.k.a. Dale Wolf, a future WWF enhancement guy that we've seen many times over the years, Brian. Uh, he's an enhancement guy, Brian. I don't know if he knows who you are.
1: Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Mike, better to have enhancement guys know who I am than nobody know who I am like you. So
0: That's not nice.
1: <laughs> but yet True.
0: All right, Luke Graham has bleach blonde hair and a goatee, and this is pretty much a squash match, Brian. Your referee is Sonny Myers once again. Do you want a funny, a
1: funny little anecdote? Sure. So when Jim Kettner was making me the, the maniac Mark Malonez, Crazy Luke Graham was somebody he referenced for me to look up.
0: And did you look him up?
1: Absolutely not. <laughs> this is the first <laughs> crazy Luke Graham match I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Which might explain some of the failure of that character. Maybe I wasn't fully bought into it.
0: <laughs> Wait, Brian, that, no, that was your brother, right? Mark Malonis?
1: <laughs> oh, that's right, I forgot.
0: Wasn't there a fan that thought you had a twin brother?
1: There's legitimately a fan who thought, yeah, that me and Mark Malonis were different people.
0: It's kind of like Sean and Ian Mooney.
1: What? Ian Mooney? What the hell is that?
0: Ian Mooney was the host of WWF Spotlight in the late 80s, early 90s. Sean's twin brother.
1: I had no clue.
0: <laughs> no? Okay.
1: Nope. <laughs> doesn't ring a bell.
0: All right. Well, anyway, Luke Graham does a lot of pounding and twitching in this match, Brian.
1: Hmm. So- sounds like your love life,
0: huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Dusty Wolf gets in a couple shots, Brian. At one point, he gets cut off running into the corner. And then a big atomic drop, second time in this show. But this one gets a three count. So an atomic drop finishes off dusty wolf crazy luke graham the winner of this matchup and your thoughts brian on this match between dusty wolf and luke graham
1: well looks like dusty wolf was even an enhancement talent in central states all-star wrestling
0: (laughs) right and and this one was short and it got the job done i guess right
1: yeah i mean you know this is the only match that felt like a straight up enhancement match I legitimately felt bad for when I saw Dusty Wolf I got a little excited cuz I'm like oh all right maybe Dusty Wolf is like uh maybe he's like somebody here maybe you know maybe he's like an actual a player here and uh nope <laughs> he's just an enhancement guy I brought in for TV
0: yep so uh
1: <laughs> bump bum, 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 bam <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Brian our next segment we go to a fresh faced Tony Schiavone.
1: Yes, I got a little excited when I saw Tony Schiavone. It felt like big time, major league professional wrestling.
0: And he's got a boys regular haircut.
1: Remember the days when you used to be able to get one of those, Mike? Yeah,
0: you used to accuse me of having a boys regular. (laughs) Uh, No longer, Brian.
1: mother nature finished the job for
0: you <laughs> oh isn't that a shame uh so <laughs> no mustache shame. no mustache yet on tony shivani and he is there to interview rick flair who is coming back to st louis and you know it's your rick flair promo custom made from head to toe and he plugs the places he wants to get comped at when he's in town and uh that's just about it we're out
1: yeah i really i my notes on it: standard Flair promo.
0: <laughs> yes, I mean nothing wrong with it, but no, it's, it's you fantastic. know it's, It was yeah,
1: just nothing you've you know it's uh, well this isn't when you're going back in the annals of like Ric Flair promos. It's not one that's going to ever stick out, and that you're going to like oh this promo if it was you know classic. It was classic in that it was you know ever probably ever probably the same promo Ric Flair did for, did for every you know local match that he was you know, local local place that he was coming to i bet he cut the same promo for st louis and kansas city and where you know wherever else they were playing
0: just plugged in the restaurant he wanted to go to and get free <laughs> steak right
1: exactly
0: <laughs> right, so after that kingpin we go back to the announcers there's more of that vcr voodoo where it slows down it speeds up Maybe you've seen them on television. Maybe you've been... They're comprised of two youngsters in professional wrestling. The sensational Rick Morton and his partner, Ruben Gibson. And they're introducing a package, a video package, for our buddies Rick and Ruben, the Rock and Roll Express. As they're going to the package, uh, Rick Stewart calls them Morton and uh, Lucas,
1: he didn't pick up on that. He really did Yeah, he,
0: he was like, you uh, uh, he, he see, like he stutters for a second, and he's like, uh, Lucas. And they cut to this very 1980s music video, Brian. I love rock and roll.
1: <laughs> well, very, very appropriate. And uh, the, yeah, the rock and roll, exp- I mean, they, they are frigging really young here, especially Ricky Morton looks like a child. Uh, yeah, he
0: hasn't got the big hair yet. It's still uh, still growing in.
1: Lots of lots of Corvettes in this uh, in this video.
0: Yeah, standing from a jukebox, standing by a Corvette, walking down an alley, and a ton, a ton of drop kicks, Brian.
1: Yes, you, you know one other thing that sticks out to me, and it's, it's I guess it's like a you know you see it with the Von Erichs too, is the borderline making out with young ladies on the on the way to the ring and just. How in 2019 that would just never, ever, 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 ever happen?
0: Do you think they put up uh, Ric Flair-like numbers, Brian?
1: <laughs> I mean, probably not just because of the longevity factor, but I, I think they did all right for themselves in this day and age.
0: And, Brian, they played the whole fucking song. I love rock and roll. <laughs>
1: they <laughs> they did, it every time it was put another coin in the jukebox, baby, they had to go to that cut of a hand put putting... <laughs>
0: Putting a putting, dime in the jukebox, yes. Of course, yes.
1: Every every time that line hit.
0: So at the end, of course, they drive away in a Corvette, and uh, coming soon, Rick and Ruben to Central States Wrestling. After that, from there, we go backstage with Rick Stewart interviewing Harley Race, of course, uh, his home promotion, Central States Wrestling, part owner of this promotion. And they're talking about Wahoo McDaniels, which I really don't like when they say McDaniels because it's McDaniel it's singular Wahoo McDaniel but all the show long it is Wahoo McDaniels
1: How pissed off did Harley Race look at the beginning of this promo before he was even talking like he looked furious
0: yeah, I think that's his standard look that's his resting bitch face Brian
1: <laughs> <laughs> So uh the, pr- the, tra- the- hey, show some damn respect that is the the trainer of my tag team partner the Beer City Bruiser
0: uh nothing but respect for Harley Race. Um we find out that he lost a non-title match last time and now it is him versus Wahoo McDaniel for the Missouri title. That sounds like how every title feud starts in WWE these days.
1: <laughs> well, now you know where they got it from and how prestigious is the Missouri State title?
0: Oh, it's small and prestigious.
1: <laughs> Just like the little bulldog. <laughs>
0: Uh, so at the end, um, Harley Race says, Wahoo, count yourself out. And I guess probably Wahoo would have a better time at uh, doing that than Sonny Myers, the real referee, would.
1: Well, would they both be wearing jeans?
0: <laughs> I would hope so, Brian. I would hope so. Uh, so we go to our final match here on Central States All-Star Wrestling. Rod Ritchie, the mute from the promo with Buck Robley earlier, <laughs> versus Grappler number two.
1: How about Richie signing autographs like during the introductions like again the, the fans right up against the ring and getting autographs from their favorite wrestler right before his match
0: yeah reminiscent of uh, they did that uh the the von erics as well they would uh, get signed autographs right there at ringside as the introductions were happening but yeah ron ritchie a heck of a baby face brian as we are going into this match here with grappler number two grappler number one is at ringside of course and we are told that grappler number two is the one without the orthopedic boot
1: that that line cracked me up so much. Cause I my notice apparently Grappler One has orthopedic boots. Yeah, <laughs> what, what's the old man?
0: Like, oh, well, we know about the uh, the boot gimmick, and we'll talk about that in a minute because it comes into play.
1: We we do, but orthopedic
0: well that's how they get away with it the heel would say that you know he has to have this special boot made because he has an issue with his foot so that's how he gets this special boot made and then he uses it as a weapon that's the whole Uh, shtick with it
1: okay okay maybe um maybe i missed that part of it i just thought it was just such a weird way to describe uh, a pro wrestler's boot
0: I remember they did that with Raven and ECW in like 1998. It seemed really out of place in ECW, but they did a whole thing where they made mention that uh, one of Raven's legs was a little shorter than the other. So he needed uh, a special boot. So he had like, you know, a special boot made and he did like a loaded boot gimmick in ECW. Interesting. Yeah, really seemed out of place in that time, but uh, that's just something I remember the, a call back to the olden days of pro wrestling with the, you know, guys like the grappler number 1. So we are talking about the grappler number 2 here having this match with Ron Richie and Ron Richie, yeah, like you said earlier Brian, babyface 101.
1: Yeah, he is he is white meat babyface extraordinaire.
0: Yes, Brian, but it's not all roses and gumdrops here as he does a horrible botch on an up and over in the corner very early on in this matchup.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, well, uh, sometimes things don't go as uh, as planned, Michael, and, uh, you know, <laughs> poor our poor friend uh, Ron Ritchie here, uh, maybe he should stick to promos, huh? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, he basically lands on grappler number two's shoulders. I'm surprised they just didn't go with it, but it ended up, uh, you know, Richie found his way down to the mat and still continued to be on top of grappler number two early on. But uh, Ron Richie at one point went for a back body drop, but he ducked his head way too early, Kingpin, and a veteran like. Grappler number two, you can't do that. So, grappler number two, elbows him in the back of the head to take over the matchup. Lots of really crisp action here. Lots of solid bumps. This is something that we're not used to seeing as we're going through the, As we're trucking through the territories here. A lot of really solid work in this match.
1: Yeah, I again, I I, I agree. I mean, nobody was breaking new ground here. It wasn't any earth, nothing earth-shattering, but just good, solid pro wrestling. Very entertaining.
0: Well, earth-shattering. How about a Vader bomb in 1984 for Rod Ritchie?
1: <laughs> that blew my mind. Uh, especially seeing <laughs> like a, a guy his stature uh, do that. But you, you kind of missed like a Pretty big thing here, Mike. The cell out of the like double heel click on the sunset flip where Richie did like a headstand sort of bump off, (laughs)
0: like a like a rock bump off of a Stone Cold Stunner.
1: (laughs) Yes, it was outrageous. (laughs) What the hell? But yeah, then he bust out the Vader bomb. Like I was, I was, I, I came off the couch, Mike, watching it.
0: Earlier in the card, Brian, a atomic drop gets a three count. A Vader bomb off the second rope, just a two.
1: Near fall. <laughs> no, but they had psychology back then.
0: They certainly did. So uh, they both come off the ropes at one point, and they bump heads, so they're both down on the mat. Grappler two ends up on the apron, though, and Grappler number one, slyly as the referee is with uh, Rod Ritchie, pulls him to the floor, Gets up on the apron, loads his boot. Notice he didn't load his boot on the floor. He made sure to get up, stand up on the apron first and load the boot so everyone in the arena could see. Then he lies back down just as Grappler 2 had and takes his place. Ron uh, sends it to the ropes and ducks his head once again. The second time in this match, Brian, you're not going to pull that with a guy like Grappler Number Two or Grappler Number One. Grappler Number One takes that loaded boot, shoves it down Ron Richie's throat, gets the pinfall. One, two, three. So the heel tactics come into play here as Grappler Number Two officially gets the win here, thanks to Grappler Number One.
1: Yeah, I, I thought it was. I thought it was a good finish. It got it got lots of heat and. Uh, Man, this was a good show, Mike. This was a really good show. Like, it, if I was a young lad uh, in the '80s watching this in in you know St. Louis, I I would have been a happy camper. This was a very good show, one of the best, maybe the best that we've seen, actually. I, I might say.
0: Yeah, and much better than I would say WWWF, which is our bread and butter.
1: All jokes aside, this was this was really good, um, especially for the time period, and especially compared to some of the other regional stuff that we watched. Like this was. Uh, really really well done this show especially again t- talking about this era uh, the wrestling was good there wasn't those i mean i mean some of these other ones with some of the regional guys that they had that they filled out their roster with uh they were terrible <laughs> they had no business being on wrestling on on tv but obviously they were probably knew somebody or had been in that territory forever or, or whatever but this was you know i thought it was i thought it was really good
0: we're closing out the show here, and they tell us next week we're gonna see Chief Wahoo McDaniels, Junkyard Dog, Buzz Sawyer, the Road Warriors, and more. Can we just watch this show again next month?
1: Yeah, it was, you know, they were when they were given the rundown, I was like, man, we maybe we should have done the next episode.
0: <laughs> Jesus, let's just keep doing this one. It's gonna be the Central States. <laughs> we're, just gonna, we're just gonna let's sell the truck brian and just stick here in kansas city
1: yeah it's like the you know you you know we, we we're gonna stick here for a little bit we're gonna stay in this territory for a little bit
0: <laughs> yeah why not uh so brian what would be your final grade for central states all-star wrestling from january 28th 1984
1: oh you know i don't want to go uh, too high and leave myself no room to go so i'm gonna give this a big a big uh a minus mike uh this is i Again, my expectations uh, are very low going into these, but this was this was really good. Uh, I'm I'm gonna give this a really good solid A minus.
0: That's exactly what I was thinking as well. A minus,
1: and that's really just like you know, just in case we see something better, I need to have some place to go.
0: How refreshing just to see bumps on TV. Yeah,
1: like clean, like clean bumps, clean wrestling action. Um, I mean, good again, just good crisp pro wrestling, not some of the sloppy garbage that that some of this other stuff has, has shown us.
0: Yeah, so uh, we'll be back the first Monday of next month for more trucking through the territories and we want your feedback tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on this week's episode your thoughts on trucking through the territories and so much more use that hashtag WPAN and the best way to contact us is to use the voicemail line call in 401-584-9726 that's 401-584-WPAN get your voice on this show give us your feedback give us praise, give us negativity. We'll take it all. 401-584-9726. We're talking about old school wrestling today, Brian, and a great old school wrestling podcast that we endorse fully is booking the territory with Mike Mills, Hardbody Harper, and Doc Turner. He buries me eight ways to Sunday on this podcast and everywhere else, but uh I love his podcast. I can't really uh, deny that. So, Sundays, it's the Smokey Mountain show. Thursdays, it's the flagship show where they're discussing. Old School World Championship Wrestling, the Saturday Night 605 show, MikeMills.Podbean.com. That's the website you can go to to get the feed for booking the territory and sticking on the old school front. It is Our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast with Little Joe Murata and Big Mike Quinn. They are doing it every Monday. So right after you listen to this, listen to the new episode of Our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast. OVPodcast.com is the website for more information on that fantastic podcast and greetings from Allentown Brian with PW Peter Winson he talks about one single episode of wrestling television and weaves in all his own little stories and all these uh and all this different stuff on um, greetings from Allentown that's on his own feed or the pro wrestling on the feed on place to be nation find it and subscribe to it rundown wrestling podcast brian the rundown wrestling podcast with jason stewart adam salzer sal troy all the rest over there on the rundown wrestling network a whole network over there more information at rundownwrestling.com check that out and enjoy brian brawler it is time for this week's promo about nothing but before we get into that, you are hitting the highways, byways, and airways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler. Dates!
1: Yeah, well, first of all, Mike, this week, happy birthday, America! So, uh, ah. much like. Yeah. Much like the rest of our uh, our compadres here, I'll be taking this weekend off and enjoying some, uh, no doubt, some grilling and barbecuing and all that good stuff. Some burgers and dogs, uh, real slice of Americana. Firecrackers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, you got to have firecrackers. It's not Fourth of July that somebody blows their fingers off, Mike. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'll return to action on July the twelfth. That's a Friday night uh, for Compound Pro Wrestling in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, making my Oklahoma debut alongside my tag team partner the Beer City Bruiser the Bouncers coming to Oklahoma very exciting the very next night we'll be heading to Waukesha Wisconsin for Brew City Wrestling Uh, you can find Compound Pro Wrestling and Brew City Wrestling all over social media uh, to get your full ticket and card information for those great shows the very next week I'll be heading to the Big Apple Mike New York City for Ring of Honor uh, International TV taping at the Hammerstein Ballroom at the Manhattan Center big match on That card is, uh, and one that the, the bouncers will be watching very closely, is the tag team title match between the Gorillas of Destiny and the Briscoe Brothers. So we'll be watching that real close because, hey, we're the number one contenders for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships, if you can believe that. Uh, then the very next day, Mike, we've already established uh, you're a piece of garbage and will not be supporting me when I'm wrestling 15 minutes from your home, uh, <laughs> July the 21st. That's a Sunday night. Ring of Honor comes back to Massachusetts for Mass Hysteria. Uh, go to ROHwrestling.com for tickets and card information. Can you believe it, Mike? August? Now <laughs> we're talking about oh, August already. Man. August 4th. I'm heading back to Fenway Park for uh, Belltime Club Wrestling's big event as part of the El Mundo Festival. That is a Sunday, August 4th, Mike. Uh, so coming back to uh, Fenway Park and for Belltime Club Pro Wrestling, the very next week I'll be heading to Toronto, Ontario, Canada for Ring of Honor Summer Supercard. Uh, very excited for that one. That'll be a that'll be a big one. That's a Friday night. I'm sure that'll be uh well, that'll definitely be on Honor Club, but I'm sure it'll probably also be on traditional pay-per-view, although I don't know that for a fact yet. Uh, Then I got a busy August, Mike. After that, I'm heading back to Waukesha, Wisconsin for Bruce City Wrestling. Jeez. Uh, Yes. Getting all over the place, buddy. Jet setting can Flying all over the place, uh, and I'll have to take an early morning flight to come back for Atlantic Pro Wrestling the very next day, uh, Saturday, August the seventeenth. I'm also doing as part of that a special meet and greet with q and A Q&A session. Uh, so if you ever wanted to ask me, uh, ask me any questions uh, live and in person, come to Atlantic Pro Wrestling's big event in Newburyport, Mass, on August the seventeenth. Uh, you know, tickets are available for that at AtlanticProWrestling.com. Uh, real quick, Mike, eight twenty three ufo in malden massachusetts 824 ring of honor atlanta 825 ring of honor nashville and 831 proving ground wrestling in Peabody, mass holy shit do i have a lot of shows in august wow
0: <laughs> very well done
1: yes how about that mike
0: and if you want to get the brawler a little more to do you can email brian Malonis at <laughs> comcast.net i don't
1: have any more available dates in august though <laughs>
0: okay or you can dm him on twitter at brian Malonis, at a weekday show and then add the brawler to the show. All right, Brian. So it is this week's promo about nothing. The year, I believe it's 1999. Don't quote me on that, though. It is right around there. And it is WCW, World Championship Wrestling. And this is a segment involving two kind of promos here. We got the total package Lex Luger. And we also have one of your all-time favorite promo men, Brian, Sid Vicious.
1: Yes.
0: Let's take a listen to these two guys go back and forth in this week's promo about nothing. Man, this thing has got me so unnerved. It's not like me. Gosh. I've the
1: best. The best. The best in this sport. <laughs> That's why I'm the total package. I mean, what am I worried about? Look get me? I'm the best. The total package. Man,
0: gosh, Sid <laughs> <laughs> so Vicious, we have just found out that at Starcade, you're going to be facing Kevin Nash in a powerbomb match. First superstar to powerbomb his opponent wins the match. Starcade,
1: I can promise you this, Gene. I will powerbomb Kevin Nash straight to hell. Let's
0: talk about tonight. Tonight, the total package. Lex Luger, by the way, what is it with the
1: action figure? See, it's a total package, sits in back and ponders the rest of his life as a vegetable after
0: tonight. See, I've got to get a little demonstration and go like this. Damn! Uh, Personality! <laughs> <laughs> the head! Then the arm! The, and the other hand! Uh, Yeah, yeah. I need a cab in the Center right now. 15 minutes. I need it now. So what do you think of your favorite stick man, Brian?
1: <laughs> I never said he was my favorite stick man. I just like I like Sid. This is not one of his better ones. <laughs> and I think he got way worse later in his career, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. This is this is the epitome of wcw to me uh this the the beginning with lex luger i it was eerily reminiscent of uh the the independent promotion uh promo that he did it, it felt very similar
0: i do to reference that a little later when it comes to sid as well but uh first of all thanks for dressing up sid uh, wearing <laughs> hey, backwards a backwards ball cap backwards ball cap and a white standard uh sweatshirt
1: <laughs> and I mean still playing the Psycho Sid character for you know, that he played in WWF.
0: Apparently uh, Lex Luger is we see him in a locker room watching a monitor and he is kind of trying to fire himself up and he sits down and he we we find out he is watching this promo with uh, Mean Gene Oakland and Sid Vicious. Sid starts out he's got a Lex Luger action figure and he is like playing with it on Mean Gene's shoulder and such, moving it around. Uh, so I guess he's, I guess showing off that he's nuts. Is that what you're saying?
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. You know, yeah, you know the one. I mean, the one thing I really miss, you know, the most with Mean Gene is the just would not put up with any shenanigans or nonsense. Like, what is with this action figure?
0: <laughs> and yeah, that was kind of a staple of the interviewer who would challenge guys, which we don't see these days. It's just basically. You know the human mic stand, and you know what do you have to say, and then just hand they they just hand them the mic and walk off. Uh, just there's no one to like yeah to give them anything back. And, they can't walk uh, off,
1: a- Mike. They have to stare off in the distance when the person when the the guy giving the interview walks off
0: that's my mistake there brian that's my mistake uh so yeah there's no there's no push and pull there's no back and forth between the interviewer and interviewee these days uh but anyway uh we have sid with the action figure he makes a comment about lex luger's state after this match which might be a little uncomfortable these days brian
1: uh, yeah yeah let's move on i guess huh yeah so even in 1999 he, or whatever though pretty pretty poor taste
0: yes yeah, so he pulls the leg off of the action figure does Sid Vicious. And he goes to pull the head off, Brian. <laughs> has a little difficulty.
1: <laughs> he sure does. He can't get the job done.
0: <laughs> like like I said, that reminded me of the Lex Luger promo as well, where Lex is trying to get the shirt off and can't get it over his head. Sid is here trying to pull the head off of the action figure and is just not working. So he ends up like lifting it up over his head and like acting like he's doing something and then throwing it on the ground so that's how he got out of this whole thing but yeah couldn't pull the head off the action those action figures those wcw action figures were uh very durable
1: when in doubt though mike when all else fails just start screaming in your promo
0: <laughs> <laughs> is that what you go by
1: sure it gets get you out of situations
0: <laughs> lex luger at this point is a uh chicken shit heel he's a uh a bag, and he doesn't want to wrestle. I think I read something. Uh, I read something that he, at this point, was trying not to wrestle. He was actively avoiding uh, wrestling. So apparently, he does not want to wrestle Sid Vicious. He tries to get a cab, and he's trying to get out of town. But I think this match ends up happening on WCW Thunder. This is not the Lex Luger that I'm used to.
1: What, what one one that walks out with a suitcase?
0: No one that is backs away from a fight and just acts like a like a pussy
1: (laughs) okay (laughs) I mean not what I think of when I think of the total package but you know
0: I just think of a guy walking off a helicopter walking towards a fight Brian not walking away from a fight
1: (laughs) well he'll be your hero Mike He'll be your
0: hero. He certainly (laughs) will be. All right. You heard this promo about nothing. If you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the WPAN.com. I'm back, Brian, and I'll get you back next week, too. What do you say?
1: Uh, Yeah, I hope you're back next week, Mike. And maybe we can talk a little more in-depth about uh, that big six-man tag match because, uh, you know, maybe it'll have aired on TV. Who knows? By next week? i guess maybe not next week maybe the week after but anyways we'll have lots to talk about i'm sure
0: we will next monday for episode 167 of the wrestling podcast about nothing till then he is the brawler brian malonis i'm mike crockett big ups to mucko and thanks for nothing